That's philosophy. Is that a sport? Uh, no, it's more of an attempt to uh, construct a viable hypothesis to uh, explain the meaning of life. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Would you like to talk about the meaning of life, darling? Sure, why not? Philosophy for two? Right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy podcast. Um, so before we get into today's episode on Handmaid's Tale, I'm going to quickly kind of get the the boring stuff out of the way, my own little self-advertisement. So I want to always keep this podcast ad-free because I get it, ads are, are kind of annoying. I mean, I'm a podcast listener myself. I started this podcast after being an avid podcast listener and was motivated to start this podcast because my podcast, I think, is covering an area that I thought wasn't really being met, met at least in the philosophy area. So I decided to kind of provide that. So how can you help the podcast and even better help fund the podcast? To start, I always just ask, like, please subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy the podcast. As for as for funding, well, I hate to use <laughs> the the coffee analogy, but I think it's actually a good one. Because we don't think twice about paying four to five bucks for a coffee, right? And some of us almost do that every day. And depending on the week and how my week's going, I'm one of those guys. So, so, so I get it. Uh, so, see, I love doing this, but I'm also a realistic guy. I need to pay the bills, so I need to prioritize my reading and writing of other things that I do for a living that you know pay. <laughs> but I love to prioritize more time for this podcast. And the only way I can do that is with with your support. So, you know, research for these episodes can take 20 plus hours after recording and editing. So the more support I have, the more content I can put out and faster I can put it out. So at first I thought of of it as begging for money, like, you know, asking podcast listeners to for for like a donation, but really it's it's a really straightforward relationship when you think about it. See, many of us, including me, we go buy a book without knowing what's inside really, right? Spending 10 to $30 on it. But with, with podcasts and this podcast, you have the option to fully review the podcast first, consume what you like, then decide if it's worth your dollars. So it's a very kind of, it's a very transparent relationship when you think of it that way. And even a cup of coffee's worth of dollars per month is extremely helpful for me in the long run. Plus, you do get bonus material, so it's not like you're just giving me a donation for something I'm already going to offering you up for free, because I get that as well. But you get bonus material for supporting the podcast, such as the bonus content, voting on the next covered content. We have group discussions and other things like that, and also things uh, that I think of as I go. So if you are interested in supporting the podcast, follow my Patreon and link below. Thank you for your support. And thanks for listening. Now let's get on with the let's get on with the show. So first with Handmaid's Tale, I'm going to kind of provide you a quick little little summary of the show. And I'm, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you probably have seen it. And spoilers alert, obviously ahead. So the Handmaid's Tale is a story of a of life in the dystopia of Gilead, a totalitarian society in the United States. Gilead is ruled by a fundamentalist Puritan regime that treats women as property of the state, hangs non-believers, sends people to work camps and with and you know with deathly conditions, and is a dictatorship of the worst kind. 
So how did this terrible regime come to power? Well, global issues such as environmental disasters and a plummeting birth rate in Gilead, the few remaining fertile women are forced to be essentially sex slaves. One of those sex slaves is Handsmaid Tale's uh, main character, Alfred, who must make it through the obstacles of the terrifying dystopia she lives in. Today's question to consider is Handmaid's Tale is him sorry, is Handmaid's Tale anti religion? So something to remember when interpreting deeper meanings. So basically, I want to provide a little background before we fully answer this question and get into it. So something to remember when interpreting deeper meanings of films, TV shows, and books. See, they can do philosophy or have a deeper meaning by, by accident. See, the makers don't have to intend to create meaning. Interpretation of anything, really, especially forms of art like films, TV shows, and books, get their meaning from interpretation from the viewer. See, the viewer finding meaning in them, then applying that uh, interpretation or finding that meaning to concepts they've read or heard about. They apply these things, right? And oftentimes, interpretations and philosophy in these items happens to match with other people, and it becomes like a grouping and following, right? So look what a writer or a filmmaker creates something. It's not purely about them. They make it for public consumption, which means it's up for public interpretation. So everyone becomes free to, to interpret and discover art's meaning for themselves. So authors of work come out and say they never created something with an intent for a deeper meaning, worldview, or philosophical commentary. So you take J.R.R. Tolkien said, Lord of the Rings wasn't written with an attempt at providing a deeper meaning or philosophy of life. He wrote what he wanted, and it happened to have a deeper meaning with it. So to add to how the, the meaning is based on the viewer or reader is the fact that shows, films, and books, meanings can change, or what's seen as important can change, depending on the time period. So look at Westworld. The movie original, the, the original movie, not the show right now, it started off as a film which was raising questions about AI and robots taking out the revenge on humans. But the HBO show prioritizes something more. It becomes about asking the questions, what if AI can reach human-like consciousness? And then it also poses the question, what is consciousness and do even humans have it? Uh, it takes questions previously raised and applies them to current era or current questions society actually cares about. So, which might be why Handmaid's Tale has become popular, or why they gave the okay on creating a show out of it. So, we will say how the, the current interpretation and ideas apply here, okay? So, something our society is currently grappling with is the role of religion in society. But not only that, the role of groups following a general set of ideas and how the effects and how that affects others. It's not that Gilead is by any means, you know, right around the corner, like the, the the dystopia of Gilead that is in our current American society or international society, wherever you're listening, but not even close. And we'll get into why that's the case. But I guess backtrack. Depending on where you're listening, some places might be closer than others, but here in America, it's not even close, right? But it's understanding the importance of addressing dangerous ideas and not allowing systems of control to allow those ideas to take over the autonomy and oppress others. So the question for today's episode is, 
Is Handmaid's Tale anti-religion, right? So now to help break this down, we must consider some sub-questions. What is religion? I mean, that that's a loaded question in itself. Someone could do an entire podcast on that. Uh, but would society be better off without religion? Would lack of religion make these events less likely? Could something like this happen? See, commonly when we say something is anti-religion, you might think of someone like, Sam Harris or Richard Dawkins, who are common intellects or talking heads, depending on your feelings for them, they lead this this anti-atheist movement slash new atheist movement, as it's sometimes coined, or anti-religion movement, I guess you could say as well. The goal for these atheists is to convince people that A, religion has natural origins, not supernatural ones, and B, that religious doctrines are bullshit. So like God existing? Nah, man, right? That's basically kind of the principle behind it. So why or how would Handmaid's Tale connect to these new atheists? Why would it be connected to being anti-religious? The atrocities that people such as Dawkins and Harris present as a historical history of the bad actions and bad actors involved in doing these atrocities or those atrocities in the name of religion hold a resemblance to the same atrocities presented in Handmaid's Land of Gilead. See, look at the ancient acceptance of LGBT rights. It wasn't so long ago that many places in the U.S. would be called things far worse than a gender traitor. That is, if you were gay, you'd be called far worse than a gender traitor, right? And throughout the world, we still have people sacrificed, beaten, and murdered in the name of religion and just because you were gay. But a point to consider about Handmaid's Tale is it's not only non-Christians that are being hunted down in Gilead. It's basically non-Puritans or other Christians that didn't conform to the Puritan faith, such as other Catholics, Baptists, and Quakers. I mean, we even see some proclaimed Puritans joining the resistance to help people escape into Canada. Offered even quotes the Bible in the show. She could very likely believe in a religion of her own. So with this type of this info in mind here, the show seems like it's more so leaning towards the use of religion as showing an example of how religion itself becomes a front for tyranny. See, look at some of the, the actions by the men. The leaders have their place away from the wives for prostitution, to hide. If they truly believed in the scripture so wholeheartedly, this wouldn't be the case. They're likely not completely motivated by scripture, but using people's loyalty to that scripture to secure power for themselves. Something we know occurred throughout the times of the Crusades as well. See, look at Commander Waterford himself. He was a founding member who banned prostitution, extramarital sex, women's magazines, women being allowed to write, and women's literacy. Yet he allows Alfred to play Scrabble with him. He took her to the little sex slave club, Jezebel's. So maybe religion's not dangerous, but the misuse of religion is. Because we shouldn't pretend our viewpoints don't bring about negative effects. See, Mao's China was an oppressive regime and used communist mechanisms of control over the means of production to cause that ended up consequently causing the deaths of millions through famine. And part of his tactics, tactics was preventing the practice of religion. A similar occurrence can be found in Soviet Russia. See, the Handmaid's 
tale isn't necessarily a commentary on religion, but it could be the dangers or, or talking about the dangers of forcing dangerous ideas within an ideology or worldview upon others. See, the key here is involuntarily forcing those ideas upon others. See, the use of these, these dangerous ideas are used to manipulate others into believing and behaving in ways that garners those in control more and more power. But does this argument truly hold up, right? So maybe, maybe, but, but let, let me provide, I got to provide some book back, uh, not book back, not book back, provide some pushback to kind of, I want to remain neutral. That's, that's the point of the podcast too, trying to just present it how it, how it seems in the show, right? See, it seems unlikely that people who do evil in the name of religion don't truly believe whatever their doctrine of choice is spewing. So Aunt Lydia probably wouldn't be gouging women's eyes out or cutting off people's hands if she didn't truly think it was the word of God compelling her to do so because they are, you know, acting badly in her eyes, right? I mean, look at the Puritans in Salem during the Salem witch trials. Do you think they'd hang all of those innocent women if they didn't truly think they were witches? How about the modern how about a more modern day example? Would suicide bombers volunteer for suicide in the name of Allah if they didn't actually believe in the afterlife being portrayed in their doctrines? Maybe a less severe example here. Would evangelical Christians who still believe the earth is only 6000 years old undermine modern science and spend their time doing so unless they truly believed the earth was actually that young? The other thing to consider, Puritans or other forms of religions would not take hold in a, in a population of atheists. See, now this isn't to say atheists wouldn't be necessarily convinced by ridiculous beliefs. Now, again, some might counter this point by observing atrocities committed in more secular nations or at least pushed for non-religious purposes. Stalin in North Korea, for example. But something to remember is the argument isn't that lack of religion is dominating societal thought, it isn't that it's impossible to manipulate people. More so, it seems to make it much, much harder. See, historically, it's, it's fallacious to think that because lack of religion doesn't completely eliminate the atrocities, that it, it somehow makes it not true. See, if it makes them less likely, then maybe it's something that should be considered. So what's the answer to this question of religion in society? That's kind of for you to determine, but uh, the question you have to ask yourself for one, is religion more helpful or harmful for society? Because it's reasonable to sympathize with the community religion provides, right? One of the, the big questions regarding Handsmaid's Tale that you should ask yourself, does religion make society more susceptible to manipulation? If the answer is yes, then maybe it is problematic, problematic and dangerous. Something else to consider, even in these societies that typically are known for being non-religious or have communist ideologies that claim to stem from Marxism, the question we have to ask ourselves is, what is religion? Oftentimes, these tyrannical groups create their own religion, warping their ideology into having people worship the state and its leaders. So take, take uh, North Korea, kind of an easy example. The Kim family created a religion known as Juche. Sorry if I pronounced that way wrong, but it's uh, J-U-C-H-E, Juche, to have the people of North Korea worship the family as gods. Supposedly, King Jun-il 
claimed to shoot 38 under par for the first time when he played, sorry, when he played golf for the first round, first time, a round of golf, and included 11 holes in one. <laughs> Pretty godlike, right? But also, this has to be the most modern description of God, right? Oh, your God is good at golf? What? Wow, must be nice that your golf's good. That your God's good at golf. Like, what does that accomplish? Yeah, it's a very modern example, but unfortunately, the North Korean regime is also killing millions of people through starvation. But yeah, I guess supposedly it's important to them that they're good at golf. Anyway, I will say the new atheists are not in the clear either. Here, they've done a pretty good job at isolating themselves from the discussion. They're usually just having a discussion amongst themselves, like a giant echo chamber, which is a discussion that needs to be had. Many, many people in the country, in the world, follow a religion. Calling them stupid will do nothing. But understanding where each side is coming from is of utmost importance. Most people have a goal of making society better. We should remember that. And maybe a show like Handmaid's Tale can bridge that gap of understanding. So the next segment here is the bonus content. So if uh, if you're listening on wherever you listen to podcasts on the free version, then thank you for listening, and I hope you tune in next time. But for those of you that are Patreon supporters, I hope you enjoy the bonus content. <laughs>